Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I want to spend some time today with our second reading. It's a snippet from the end of Paul's second letter to Timothy. You know, I don't think in all my years of preaching I've ever preached on this letter. That's kind of a shame, really, because it's a beautiful testament. One of the last things, if not the last thing, Paul ever wrote. This letter to his colleague, his friend, a kind of spiritual son, Timothy, is filled with all sorts of practical advice as Paul, as it were, hands on his authority to Timothy. The passage for today is from the closing chapter of the letter. And it's very beautiful. Paul is speaking about his feelings and his convictions as his life comes to an end. Paul spent the last months or years of his life in Rome under a kind of house arrest. He was awaiting trial, and, and he knew likely execution. Peter and Paul die around the same time. Who died first, we don't know for sure, but Paul knew, at the very least, he was living in a very dangerous place at a very dangerous time. And so, as our passage begins, he says this, I'm already being poured out like a libation. It's a very striking image. A libation was a drink offering. There was a Roman version. Paul would have known this. He was a Roman citizen pouring out a little wine at the end of the meal as a kind of offering to the gods. There was also a Jewish version of this. Paul, of course, Rabbi Shaul, the good Jew, knew this. The pouring of wine and oil on the altar after a burnt sacrifice. See what Paul is saying? He's saying my entire life has been a pouring out and emptying out on behalf of the gospel. For most of us, the good life is the life that's filled up. I've accumulated lots of things. Fame, esteem, money, power, privilege. The more I've got, the happier I am. The more I've got, the more impressive my life has been. Look at the treasure house of my ego, we might be tempted to say, at the end of our lives. But see how Paul's measuring his life? Not by what he's accumulated, but by how much he's given away. Is your life being poured out like a libation, like a drink offering? Then he says, the time of my dissolution is near. That sounds kind of dire in English, but don't take it in a depressing sense. 
as though Paul thinks, well, I'm about to be annihilated. I'm about to be dissolved. The Greek term that's being used here is analuseos. The time of my analuseos is near. You know what that means? It means an unloosing or an untying. It was a term used, and Paul would have known this well. He, he traveled by ship a lot. A term used for the unmooring of a ship as it was setting out on a journey. A terrific image, isn't it? As Paul stands at the end of his life, he's not looking toward destruction or annihilation, but rather to the beginning of an adventure. Think of the excitement as a ship is now properly equipped, it's readied, and it's about to set sail. Paul reads his whole life here as a preparation for this great journey to come, this journey into God, into the mystery of God's grace. He's not thinking the end of his life in a depressed state of mind, as though it's all over, it's all coming to an end. No, it's all beginning. Those elderly listening to me, or maybe those even not so old, but who are facing the prospect of death, here's a beautiful way to imagine what's happening to you. Not a packing it in, but a preparation, a readiness for a great voyage, a great journey, Then Paul says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. That's beautiful, all three of them. All three worthy of comment. I mentioned fighting last week, Israel battling the Amalekites. I said the spiritual life is a struggle. We need good, sound fighters. But boy, St. Paul was a fighter. Even the most cursory glance at his writings and his life story reveals that he loved a good battle. He endured shipwreck, beatings, whipping, stonings, the abandonment of his friends, sleepless nights, the bitter opposition of his intellectual enemies, and finally, death at the hands of the Romans. Paul faced all kinds of enemies. The Christian life is a fight for all of us, even those who lack Paul's feisty spirit. The road to healing is always blocked, not sometimes, not most of the time, always. The proclamation of the gospel will always be opposed, not sometimes, not most of the time, always. The leading of an upright life will always be seen by some as foolish. As you live the Christian thing, as you speak it, you embody it, you will be opposed. But you know what? Paul knew this. A good fight is exhilarating. Are you involved in one? Christians, listen to me. Have you found something worth fighting and dying for? If not, 
you haven't begun to live? Have you been opposed? Or has your life been a whole series of compromises, of hidings around corners, of concealment? Have enemies, I mean enemies worth having, come out to meet you? Churchill, I quoted him last week, Churchill said, never trust a man who has no enemies. He stands for nothing. That's good advice, I think. Never trust a man or woman with no enemies. They stand for nothing. What do you stand for? Have they come out to meet you? Have you fought the good fight? Paul has, and that's what he tells Timothy with great satisfaction at the end of his life. Secondly, Paul says, I finished the race. That's an image we find a great deal in Paul's writings. I have a strong suspicion that Paul liked sports, either as a participant or at least as an observer. He talks about races a lot. He talks about winning the crown. That's like what the Olympic runners and athletes would win. Those who have been involved in races know there are different stages that one passes through. There's the excitement of the beginning. Everybody likes the beginning of a race. There's often a place in the middle of a race when one's energy lags, when one's being passed up, when one feels winded, ready to quit. There's a time of the second wind. That happens. Just when you think you've got no more energy, suddenly you've got more. You've got a second wind. And then all racers testify to the most dreadful point in a race, what they call hitting the wall. That's when you just run out of energy. It's as though you cannot go on. All of these have their spiritual parallel. Do people often begin the spiritual life in a great burst of energy, excitement? Yeah, good. Nothing wrong with that. You begin the race of following Christ, being a disciple. Is there a moment in the spiritual life that's often depressing? This whole thing that began so with so much excitement has now become kind of drab and dull and routine. I feel like I'm, I'm out of breath. Are there times in the spiritual journey when you hit the wall? Yep. Times you feel like, I just can't do this anymore. I can't go on. Are there moments of the second wind? When, when you think it's all over, but then you get this burst of energy and you're able to carry on. Sure, all those happen in the spiritual life. What's the point? The point is, run the race. Run the race. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't sit on the sidelines of the spiritual life, but run the race with verve Devotion, enthusiasm. That's what Paul's telling Timothy. I ran the race. How are you doing? You listening to me right now, how are you doing with the race? Then finally, I've kept the faith, Paul says. I've kept the faith. The faith was everything to Paul. It meant this fundamental trust that he had in God and in Jesus Christ. Nothing else mattered to him. 
In fact, he tells us in his letters that everything he had at one time held dear, he now considers rubbish. Even, even the law, even the great practices of his people, his whole life centered around those things. Now he sees them as rubbish compared to the faith. How will you evaluate yourself at the end of your life? By the money you've accumulated? By the contacts you've made? By the status you've achieved? By the awards you've received? The degrees you've earned? The homes you own? Friends, none of it matters at the end of the day. Not one whit. What matters Have you kept the faith? Have you kept your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ? Have you grown in your trust and love of him? Paul himself said, only three things that last. None of the the goods of this world last. The three things, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Have you kept the faith? Have you fallen in love with Jesus Christ? Finally, Paul tells us, a merited crown awaits me. A crown. It's a great image. We see it in the book of Revelation. The 24 elders are crowned. They cast their crowns before the Lord. The crown stands for the glory of heaven. Paul's ship is unloosed. It's ready to sail. He's fought the good fight. He's kept the faith. And now he's ready to receive the crown. That means the glorified life of heaven. Don't be depressed, Christians. Especially those who, like Paul, are coming to the end of their lives. Don't be depressed. See it as a great moment of hope. A crown awaits you. A crown of God's grace. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that, together, we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. Cardinal George says, It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 43 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries willing to help you during times of loss. Call 708-449-6100 for assistance. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.